before we start this episode off, I want to give a quick spoiler warning because I spoiled the movie at the very beginning of the episode and a trigger warning for the content of the movie itself. Thank you. I feel like a criminal. Scientists push boundaries. It's the important ones do. Yeah, sticking to a few rules isn't always such a bad idea either, you know? Nobody is going to care about a few rules after they see what we have made. See what we've made? Is that what you just said? Nobody can see what we made. Once they see Ginger and Fred, don't you think the world's gonna want to know what's next? Do you think they could really look at this face and see anything less than a miracle? Welcome to episode 123 of Vague Zone. I'm one of your hosts, Thomas. And I am Daniel. And today, on a special five-hour-long episode, we are uh-huh. talking about the movie Splice. I don't have the IMDb up, but do you have the I IMDb? do have it up, and do I shall read the synopsis right now. Yes, yes. Genetic engineers Clive Nikolai and Elsa Cast hope to achieve fame by successfully splicing together the DNA of different animals to create new hybrid animals for medical use. Yes. Splice, starring... Jamaican actor Adrian Brody <laughs> and uh, writer and director of Women Talking Sarah Polly. Yes. From director Vincenzo Natale, the guy who did a uh, Cube, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, I haven't seen any of his other work. Um, I've only seen Cube, yeah. Gotcha. Um he was art department on Little Bear. Okay. He's a storyboard artist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sweet. So yeah, we're uh, continuing our run through of man playing God. Yeah, mm-hmm. this was my choice. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I guess I'll start by yeah, saying, yeah, what, what, what the fuck, Thomas? <laughs> <laughs> Why did I choose this? Yeah. Why the fuck did I choose this? Um, I've heard about this movie. Even when it came out, when the trailer was coming out, I was like, oh, I think the trailer showed too much, but I'm still genuinely intrigued by this concept, even though it did look kind of cheesy, so I didn't rush out to see it back in 2009 when this came out. Um, And so, yeah, now as we're doing this podcast, it's a good excuse to sort of watch movies that were sort of skipped uh, skipped over for whatever reason, and I think this aligned perfectly with the theme. Because, uh, yeah, I'm always sort of knew this movie to be this thing of like, yeah, these two scientists create something and uh, it gets kind of out of control. It's a horror aspect. But at one point, Adrian Brody does <laughs> have sex with this with this creature. And, spoiler alert. <laughs> sorry, spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> That's, it's, it's too, this movie's very old. <laughs> uh, in, in Sense Shape of Water, we've... Uh, we we've very aware that is a fucking reveal though. <laughs> we're very <laughs> sorry to spoil that. We're very aware of uh that's honestly how the movie was sold to me. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I knew nothing about the, this yeah. movie going in. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like how it was pitched in a crude, sort of crass way. It's like, oh yeah, like that's sort of the first thing, quote unquote, that comes up, even though that's not really the case. Um yeah. probably should have I'll probably put a just put a spoiler warning at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> um but yeah, it was pitched to me as this weird man uh, playing God type of thing. And I didn't really know the details of it. I didn't know like Guillermo del Toro was involved in like mm-hmm. producing it. And uh, yeah, I didn't know much about Sarah Pauly before watching uh, Women Talking. I didn't know yeah, she has this like prestigious sort of weird <laughs> career. Um, yeah, and I think it's, yeah, it's this weird thing. And I think because of a movie that like Shape of Water, that is a little bit more poetic 
uh, it's, uh, this movie feels a little obsolete and a little weird and creepy, but, but I, I, I mean, I still, I appreciate that it exists <laughs> and I like weird shit like this. I like, I like the formula of prestigious actors in a, give them a sci-fi creature to, to deal with and you'll have a good, a good three-star movie, a good <laughs> B movie. A good three-star movie. Yeah. I mean, I think three stars is controversial. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think? What's your connection? So you never seen it. <laughs> I had never seen. I'd never really heard of this until we were researching. Like, what should we watch for this theme? Gotcha. Um, yeah, <laughs> like, there, was, <laughs> there was just so many moments in this movie where I was like, "What the fuck are these characters doing?" Like, we start off with these sort of like hip scientists that feel it feels kind of nineties, even though it's yeah. two thousand nine. It reminds me of like hackers or something like that. Yeah, um, it feels like Resident Evil was like yeah. the, the the aesthetic I kept thinking of. There's like a like sort of an emo thing going on with some of the haircuts, but they're like some of the shirts, yes. Yeah, like these hip scientists who listen to electronic music, but also listen to jazz. And we get like a weird jazz montage at one. A lot point. of graphic tees. Yeah. Oh, there's like a weird thing happening on some of that one. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, but uh, yeah, and then we get these great tongue monsters like yeah. very early in the movie that are, I guess, making love or something. It feels, I, I feel like there's a universe where this is a uh, hopefully much better Cronenberg movie. Um, yeah, I can see like, that. Because it, it does feel like there's sort of a body horror thing going on. But um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I feel like they just... could have... Yeah, I feel like, yeah, the, the biggest weakness here is the script. And I think there, there's just a lot of moments where it's weak sort of uh, thematically. And, and the, it does explore dark territory, but I feel like it does. It could go into those body horror things more when in, early on in the movie when she gets her arm stuck inside of this yeah. uh, this womb contraction and she got, sort of gets saved. He kind of does a little shot to her. I think they could have done some more stuff with what that would have done to her that could have been i know i was like is this like when they're impressing on each other or whatever but i guess that something later yeah Um, i don't necessarily know that that's what this movie needed though (laughs) i think there's a certain charm in how uh initially uh and how the faults of the screenplay uh because it kind of feels like a low bud it feels like it should be a low budget college student movie yeah, um, yeah. sort of a newer independent filmmaker trying out some sort of weird sci-fi thing movie but it has like a weirdly good effects budget and these pro- pretty prominent actors yeah um yeah. And then it takes this fucking bizarre turn where it's like, how how, how does this movie exist? <laughs> like, yeah. I find it so strange that Guillermo del Toro produced it because you'd think he would try to, uh, you know, pull something more artful out of what what was happening here. See, that's the thing is like, I I believe that's why maybe he he reserved that. Maybe he's on set, honestly, swear to God, and just be like, I'm going to keep my good ideas in my own pocket. So when I do my version of this Frankenstein kind of thing, it'll be beautiful and like, it'll have that uh, uh, kind of steam, not steampunk, uh, um, uh, I forget the term, but like uh, the otherworldly horror aspect Surreal? of it. Um, 
no, it's based on an, art, uh, an author, uh, a, a particular author. Like Cthulhu kind of, what's the term? Uh, oh, uh, Lovecraftian? You Lovecraftian, yeah. Like, yeah. Kind of like a vaguely Lovecraftian kind of feel. I feel like he sort of embraced that more with The Shape of Water. And like overall, that's like a much better package because that's why it won Best Picture. Yeah. And... Shape of Water, it's so different. Like it, like, it is similar in the sense that it is about this strange creature that is in captivity and then somehow like a <laughs> <Yeah>. romantic <laughs> plotline so. like we couldn't even call it a romantic plotline in this movie it is no absurd yeah what happens in this movie yeah it's just it's a very broken family unit because yeah it's like i was thinking the whole the whole thing going in i was like first of all i'm skeptical that they're going to get into the whole man versus god thing but luckily their uh ceo guy sort of mentions it somewhat early on You're he mentions god? you know he <laughs> no he has a now he has a line he's just like oh if god wouldn't want us to do this why wouldn't he give us like the materials to i'm sort of chopping up the line but that's essentially the sentiment of what he's saying is if if god didn't if he gave us the materials we might as well use them to sort of push the limit and push the bar and then we sort of establish that adrian brody's character wants to be a father wants to have a kid and the uh um yeah, what Elsa doesn't. Elsa. Elsa, yeah, Elsa doesn't. But then once Dren gets into the picture, it sort of flips, and Elsa sort of becomes yeah. very maternal and very sort of like protective of. But then we get yeah. sort of background of maybe why she didn't want to become a mother. It, it yeah. goes from her not wanting to become a mother to wanting to become a mother to becoming her own mother, who was like an abusive mother. Yeah, um, yeah. Done all like. Not uh, subtly in like cl- in clunky ways, yeah. <laughs> in ways where it's just like yeah, showing you pictures and kind of uh, yeah, it's it's very not subtle in that way. And there's even one point where uh, they're watching the the uh, egg sort of be uh, they're watching a seed go into an egg essentially, and uh, he's like oh fuck, and she oh literally oh, yeah. it's just oh, like you don't fuck, like man. yeah, it's like come <laughs> on like you don't we don't need to to do this adolescent back and forth like. You have a cool, eerie thing going on. That's why I sort of mentioned Resident Evil. Like, I love the the shareholder scene where they show the two things. Like, okay, we're going to show show these little blobs loving each other, and then they start just, like, devouring each other and pour blood on, on the entire crowd. Oh, like, yeah, okay, like, this is, Yeah, like, this is cool. Give us more that stuff. Was great. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that scene. I rewound because Emily yeah. left the room. I was like, you got to see it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I feel, wish there was more stuff like that because I feel like when it does get dark, it is good, but then the weird family stuff didn't do it for me. It's just so gross. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause when we get a moment where Adrian Brody is looking at Dren. Okay. So initially Dren is just like a weird penis monster. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then it sort of grows into a woman who has eyebrows, but no other hair on her head. Yeah. Uh, and there's a scene where Adrian Brody is like looking at her and she's been made up by um, Sarah Pauly's character, Elsa. Uh, Elsa decided to like put makeup on her, dress her up and stuff like that. And Adrian Broder's looking at her and they have this moment where I'm just like, this movie's not going to go where I think it's going. Right. <laughs> like, surely I am misreading what is happening because I can't imagine it would do this to its audience. Um, and no, it Correct. does. Yeah. He, yeah, he yeah. ends up uh, having sex with this monster that is uh has no real understanding of what the world is uh he is completely taking advantage of this creature and it is also like what the fuck are you doing like how in what universe is someone like i need to fuck that thing (laughs) yeah and 
And, and, and it's very bizarre because it go the movie goes to lengths to to sort of set it up in a way to like because originally there's a moment where it's him and Elsa sort of having sex and mm-hmm. then Dren is watching from like yeah. obscure which and is then, also a, a scene where I'm trying to convince myself that what is happening in the movie isn't actually happening exactly like, it's just like not why? actually watching this is just a weird editing thing <laughs> like, yeah it goes back to what your comment about uh, a couple movie movies ago it's like if you're choosing to make a movie it's like you're going to be choosing to make these decisions like this is the journey you want us to go down and so it's like this yeah. is clearly like the th- the thematic avenue that is fascinating this writer director to like go down but it's like why do we have to end up at, at this weird point why did he want to make this movie it's <laughs> yeah so, it feels yeah yeah it just feels like very illuminating because there's like four screenwriters too so that yeah. means multiple you know three screenwriters so that means multiple people are on like on board with this uh, yeah just like hyping each other up oscar award-winning adrian brody <laughs> yeah i mean I, I feel like i'm okay with like b-level camp and stuff like that if it has interesting things to say and interesting sort of ideas visually and thematically to sort of present i think this movie kind of gets there in some ways but is overall just sort of messy and kind of it gets real fucking gross yeah <laughs> to be blunt yeah it's disturbing yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah it's like the scene that like really like got me that like kind of grossed me out is when it, it's like immediately after they have sex which is already fucked up um uh, Elsa sort of has this moment where she like dehumanizes Dren and we get have this very cold like medical procedure where oh, she yeah. like cuts her, cuts her shirt off and like takes her makeup off and I was like this is really fucked up and this is really dark and I like feel like this is sort of I feel like the movie is is doing good when it's in that sort of in that mode I feel like but it's like very dark and very mm-hmm. disturbing but I don't know yeah it's like this it's like are you willing to sort of go there and get there via the vehicle of it being their child. I don't know if that's entirely necessary. Man, this movie. <laughs> I'm like at a loss of words. Because it's like, okay, we have... Yeah, she starts to bond with it and act like it's her child, which is already like... I'm already looking at the screen being like, this This is crazy. This woman is crazy. <laughs> this should not be happening. There's a scene where Adrian Brody like wants to drown the creature... And does. <laughs> well, she survives. Uh, Dren yeah, survives. Yeah. But he is fully fucking drowning it, not knowing that it's going to survive. I would consider that off a like successful drowning. Uh, <laughs> At least it felt successful. And so, and and I'm kind of on board with that because I'm like, yeah. yeah, this is a huge mistake. Like, you should absolutely, <laughs> like, destroy this thing. Like, what are you doing? And he's uh, supposed to be the moral compass. Like, he's, 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 he's supposed to be that playing that role, but then he kind of, after that moment, he, that goes out the window. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then she's a, the the movie has put in the work of making us believe that Elsa has this mother-daughter relationship with the creature, only to have her become an abusive mother, and to have this, like, surgery scene that you're describing, and so it's like, okay, like, you... I I was forced into this situation of having to accept <laughs> this mother daughter relationship, and now you're making me regret it. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's God. And then of course, you know, the creature its gender changes, and so we have another horrible rape scene. This time, the creature is a man, and it is raping yeah. Elsa at the end. That's like how we end the movie. Um, yeah. 
And thank God there's not another one of these. We just we don't need to revisit this territory because yeah, it does it does end in a very bleak way where it's just like it, it doesn't feel necessary. And even in that oh, yeah, moment, she's pregnant. God. <laughs> even forgot. in the moment, even like going back a few steps in the moment, you have a really dumb fucking horror movie moment where she has like the spike about to kill this beast and then like turns to look at adrian like to look at clive and then look back it's like yeah it's just like like you know it's a dumb yell at the screen kind of moment that is completely outdated and unnecessary for for i don't know for horror movies Uh, yeah Yeah. It's rough. The, the third act is really rough. There's some parts I'm I'm I'm, I'm on board with, but I, I'm I I like part of me is like I can't believe anyone read this script and they were like, hell yeah, we got to make this movie. Like, how much money you need? Like, Adrian, we're getting Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody <laughs> read the script. He was like, hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> Already got an Oscar. But what at else? the same time, it's incredible that that happened, and I love yeah. that it happened. Yeah. Like, it, it is a great. It's a shitty movie, but it is a great have your friends over y'all get drunk and then you just watch some bizarre shit like we um so for the listeners emily and i used to have a movie group called the monday night mind fucks every monday night we would watch you know it started off with possession we had some friends over we watched possession and then my friends were like let's do this next week like let's watch some other crazy shit and then it just became a thing um this would have been a great uh, um, a selection for that, I think. Yeah, yeah. because it is f- fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, at least I feel good about that. At least, <laughs> yeah, I don't regret like... the time I spent with it. It was just, <laughs> I, I felt horrible. <laughs> like... Gotcha. I, I, yeah, I agree. I do feel that way. Um, yeah, it, it is. It was one of those movies. I was like, yeah, like I, I know this is just gonna be exactly the kind of level of quality, but it, it did pique my interest at certain parts. Um, but yeah. I feel like also I, meant, I was going to mention this for some other movies for the what have you been what have you been watching? But I feel like impact and timing of when you view something is really important because, like I said, in two thousand and nine, I feel like this would have been pretty cool, pretty like kind of like weird and dope. Is and like I feel like a movie like Shape of Water, even though like I said, it's, it's not very much related. I feel like it does kind of overshadow a movie like this in terms of like if you want something that has sort of similar elements a part of it but are, you take you just go in a much better direction with much better intentions you'll have something that's like yeah like oscar worthy and really great with great actors great production value and you sort of have like a frankenstein kind of commentary but also a love story and it's weird and dope but yeah in 2009 probably would have been cool but yeah now <laughs> in 2023 it's like hmm I think I would have loved to see this with my high school friends to like go to the theater and just be like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, definitely. I think I would have had a blast. Yeah. Um, What a fucking weird movie. Yeah. Uh, Anything else on Splice? Um, Scan these notes. Um, Like my, yeah, my notes are just like, what, who is this for? Is one of my notes. Yeah. um, I I wrote down, imagine meeting someone whose favorite movie is Splice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah red flag a little bit um yeah i i did have something where i think is a really like on the nose kind of screenwriting thing you have this whole idea of like save the cat where a, a way oh, to, yeah. to show your audience that like your character is sympathetic is like you give them an animal or a child something small and innocent to save and then you sort of 
that addresses or sort of that uh, explains non-verbally to the audience that this is a good person. This is a person who cares about the weak and the helpless, and this, this is why we should root for this person. And so that sort of happens when Dren is given a cat in this movie, and Dren is like all lovey-dovey, but then it's, it's flipped a couple scenes later after it's taken away and sort of given lovingly back, just kills it immediately. And I was like, oh, uh, it's like, so in my notes, I was like, oh, save the cat slash kill the cat. Just, yeah. Uh, is that on we the nose not, and obvious? We are not on board with Dread anymore. <laughs> yeah, so like, is that on the nose and obvious and bad, or is that on the nose obvious and and good on purpose? I mean, bad? maybe I it's know. like I, I, maybe there were some people who were like, "Yes, finally!" Because like, yeah. I yeah. I definitely did have that feeling through the movie. Like, why haven't they like cut off her stinger? Why haven't yeah. they? Yeah. Her? Clearly, this is a problem. This is the <laughs> yes. biggest problem with this creature. Yeah, and then, cut that fucking thing so, off. Yeah, finally they do it, and it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Fucking yeah and also yeah their name um of i forget what the acronym stands for uh, uh nu- nucleic exchange research and development n-e-r-d and then she spells it backwards for dren that's stupid and lazy but also, also like fuck it why not like this movie is already like kind of basking in shittiness in a lot of ways so why not like i don't care like sure they a bunch of nerds working at a place called nerd i don't care that's another very like 90s yeah, I don't know. It's 2009. Why does it feel 90s? Uh, yeah, like it's, it, it's very plausible. It's one of those movies that like sat penned, yeah, penned in the 90s and just sat on the shelf, sat at the Warner's Brothers <laughs> lot until for 10 years. Can't believe people passed on this for 10 years. <laughs> they weren't ready. Sometimes audiences aren't ready in the in the, uh, in the world that we made up in our heads. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, I think that might be it for me. Uh, what have you been watching this week? Uh, so even though this movie was crazy, it was not the craziest movie I saw this week. Gotcha. Because I saw Bo is Afraid last night. Oh, I want to see this, but I don't want to be spoiled of this. I will not I spoil be... it for okay. you. Okay. But I, I, I also feel like just saying it's crazier than Splice. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's like, it's three hours long, this movie. I didn't realize it was three hours long until, like, right before I'm, we went to I'm the ready. Movie. I'm so ready. Um, I've been watching so many three-hour movies. I'm, I'm ready. I'm trying to think of, like, what can I say here? All right, so I'm, I'm just going to say my thoughts without any plot. <laughs> uh, so this is what I posted on Letterboxd. I said, thoughts while watching. This is like a Kaufman film. But Kaufman <laughs> still seems to believe in hope. Kaufman seems to savor the beauty of humanity, of making yourself so vulnerable that it's as if you are without skin. Kaufman understands that to be without skin means it's incredibly painful to embrace another person. This is not like a Kaufman film. <laughs> there is no redemption here, just terror. This is Ari Oster's Freddy Got Fingered. <laughs> the crowd oh, loved love it. it. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it gave me a lot to think about. I was also thinking about how... Um, like Hirokazu Koreeda, uh, who did Shoplifters, Broker, Afterlife, he's considered a humanist. And so I feel like there are these artists who they want to hold people, they want to comfort people, they acknowledge that life is about life, life is painful and tragic, and the only way we're going to get through it is with love and compassion. And yeah. this movie. It is not that. <laughs> this is an ugly movie, spiritually ugly movie. Um, there is no compassion here. It's just terror and stress. And, Love it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like 
the our only hope in the world of Ari Aster to get through that terror and stress is to just try and find some amusement in it. Um, yeah, it is like everyone is comparing it to Synecdoche, New York, because it is doing the same thing where it's like the interior of the character is being made external. Um, yeah, but it is that is where the comparison ends. Like it is very <laughs> different. Like, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, so I, yeah. I, 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 I gave it like three and a half stars because you have to give a star review on Letterboxd. I guess you don't have to. You just like like something. But um, yeah. And then the t- the more I'm thinking about it, I'm like, I don't know if this is a fine movie, a good movie, an incredible movie, or a horrible movie. Gotcha. Uh, it is a three hour fucking long movie where you're just trapped in a. <laughs> anxious man's brain and i kind of want to see it again <laughs> like it sounds is, great yeah it, it sounds amazing it was yeah. 35 million dollars a24 is gonna lose so much of that money there's no <laughs> way it's gonna make its money back um they're swinging that's fine though yeah they're yeah it is a fucking doing... swing dude oh yeah that, that reminds me of something else that i can mention um but yeah that sounds great uh, yeah like we'll definitely see that on the two dollar Tuesday or five dollar Tuesday. Next <laughs> yeah, the people in our theater were cackling, like <laughs> cracking up. Like it was pretty cool. Like um, Emily's friend was like, "I'm surprised there weren't any walk- walkouts," but I feel like the first twenty minutes are extreme enough that if you're not on board <laughs> with what is happening, like yeah, leave in those first twenty minutes because <laughs> it, it it lightens up, but it it sets you up to understand like you know what you're in for <laughs> like you yeah, yeah it puts you through the fucking ringer um, sweet looking forward yeah. to it very yeah. funny <laughs> very funny yeah yeah it's very strange because yeah the whole thing about run times and like you know you're, you're trying to really honor the audience's dollar and their time and like do things and like you show them things that are worthwhile and some some filmmakers take that <laughs> as like an invitation to really just dunk you <laughs> into yeah. a tank and be like all right we're just gonna take you there it was a it was uh, psychological torture porn uh, <laughs> love it i'm ready it is, yeah because i've been watching like horror like sorry war movies and it's a different kind of length <laughs> yeah sadness uh but yeah go see <laughs> Please go see Bo is Afraid if you're listening to this because yeah. movies like this, it's, it, it is a miracle that it exists. Um, and it exists so well. It is so well executed, so well directed. It never feels like there's a slump in its execution. Uh, yeah, it's remarkable, man. Nice. Sweet. How about you? What have you been watching? I've been like so behind on theater movies. I feel like yeah, the last thing I saw in theaters was John Wick Four, which feels I mean sorry, the last like new release I saw in theaters. Yeah, and I feel like that was at the beginning of this month. Um yeah, I've been lagging, but I've been working my way through that poster, working my way mm-hmm. downtown walking fast watching a lot of world war ii movies um there's, yeah like all of the ones that i haven't seen are like the sadder movies on the list and like movies that tend to be about the holocaust or mm-hmm. tend to be about world war ii um so the past couple ones that i've watched i, I list them listed them out and i'm like oh yeah these this was kind of a rough couple of like a group of movies to go through um uh, one I will like not really get into, but I will just mention because I feel like it was the movie that allowed the actor to make such like weird, strange choices in his career. Uh, I watched The Pianist because it's on mm-hmm. both of these lists. Um, didn't really care for it. Uh, 
like yeah don't really have much to say for it besides like i felt i found it to be very cold and i yeah just there wasn't much about it i felt like worth worthwhile um but i found his performance to be good um and then very tender um and yeah i think it's fascinating that he's at this point of his career where he can do weird stuff like he was on the winning time i'm pretty sure like i forget what role he was playing but yeah it's sort of doing like this campy 80s opposite of uh, um uh yeah this uh, adam mckay opposite of john c o'reilly weird shit oh. lakers show he's in that doing weird stuff um yeah he plays like the assistant coach or something um so yeah i think his career trajectory is really interesting after like post pianist um you have something post stuff splice. like splice yeah stuff like splice um the fucking West predators oh yeah yeah Predator. yeah <laughs> Yeah, Predator is strange. It's like it's like is Adrian Brody like like a leading tough guy, man? Like I don't really know. Like, but but sure. Like Predator is kind of works. It was cool. Um, but yeah, the other two on that list uh, is Grave of the Fireflies. Mm. Have you have you seen? I've not this? seen it. Yeah. Uh, everything Studio Ghibli does is breathtaking, hand drawn animation. All of it just looks fantastic. I I haven't really seen a lot. I've, I'm always surprised that there's way more in the catalog of movies than what I assume there are, and they're still churning them out somewhat, not like regularly, but they're still putting them out. Um, but yeah, this is one. This is from 1988, so it's a little bit earlier. It's not it's not Miyazaki. It's another director. Um, and it's one of the few Studio Ghibli movies that's not a fairy tale. It's just a World War II movie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's such a strange quandary of a film because it is breathtakingly gorgeous. Breathtaking. Every time like water is on screen, it just looks amazing. It's just masterclass level of animation. But it's also con- contrasted with just the incredible bleakness of World War II. Yeah. And like the, the, the brutality of like this late war shit this conflict of just like all right we're just going to be firebombing people like it's not even like storming to fight nazis like you're just bombing innocent people like you're just it's just atrocious it's just atrocious shit happening and so it's very sad very heartbreaking but it's also just gorgeous so it's it's hard not to love um it's a very very fine movie definitely worth watching um if you're if you're listening to this and you're and you like studio ghibli and you love the style but you've always wondered what they could do with something just like straight up dark human stuff as opposed to spirited away fun hohaku rivers like that kind of yeah. stuff <laughs> food monster stuff if that's too lofty for you check out uh grave of the fireflies if you want something sobering um watch that um on uh, the speaking of uh oh then the last one was cinema paradiso have you seen i this? have not seen it yeah that's another i gotta uh, get this list i guess I mean, it's I mean, it's hit or miss. I think there's a lot of things on there that are fantastic and amazing. One of the most recent things I watched on there that I felt like a movie was missing. I felt like this a movie I was missing from my life was Harakiri. I was like, this is like a samurai movie that I felt like I'd been looking for and it finally found. And I was like, this is fucking amazing. These other ones are solid, well-made movies, uh, but just aren't quite movies I would pick to watch. Which I think is the, the purpose of a, you know a poster like this is to watch things I wouldn't normally watch, which is great. Um, so Cinema Paradiso is this Italian film, coming-of-age movie about an Italian boy falling in love with cinema. He's a projectionist, and his coming-of-age stuff is good, there's bad, and there's good adults, and sadness, and tragedy. It has this very iconic scene at the end called this kissing montage. I'm not really spoiling anything, because I'm not really explaining the context of it, but I think it's worth watching because that montage is 
is is very fine, very fantastic once you sort of understand within the context of the movie. Um, and I watched the director's cut, which added twenty minutes onto it. Cause I'm like, I'm already into watching. Montage? I'm on I'm <laughs> thirty extra minutes of story, but people are kind of complaining, or at least not complaining, mentioning run times and being weary of three hour movies and stuff. But I'm like, nah, bring it on. I'm I'm down for it. <laughs> um, and lastly, uh, I found a HBO show produced by A24 that I'd never heard of. It never like popped up on my feed or anything. It's called, I, I you might have mentioned this to me before, but it's called Random Acts of Flyness. I haven't seen it. I have heard of it, though. Uh, yeah. Very strange, really dark, super militant, super progressive, uh, super black TV show. Yeah, the way I would describe the aesthetic, it, it reminds me of, like, a Tim and Eric show uh, that takes that same aesthetic of strangeness and surrealness, but sort of, like, I, don't, I feel like... There, the intention is not really to make you laugh. Like it, it does, it's like a sketch show, but it's not really set out to make you laugh. It's so it's kind of more just like thought provoking and dark, mm. which I found to be really fascinating. Um, there's they do this weird but also beautiful kind of like word association, visual association with blackface, where they say like they just show blackfaces and say blackface and say like no, this is blackface, and then they cut to like what you think blackface is, and it's like no, like that's not blackface. This is blackface, and they just show black people, and it's like uh, and once it sort of like it started to click, I was like oh, this is actually like really beautiful and really subversive and strange, and yeah, it's just it's just a very gorgeously shot, gorgeously produced show that has just like a very odd tone to it, where I, like I can't help but love it, but it's also it's kind of a it's kind of a prickly beast. There's a lot of a lot of themes and ideas being tossed around, and it's very thought provoking. And I'm looking forward to watching more of it. Um, but yeah, that's a show that, and I, I found it odd that I'd never seen it pop up on my feed. I'm on HBO Max every day, and I've never seen it like on a recommended for you type of thing. Yeah, Maybe. I think I've seen it on. That's the only reason I knew about it. it was just like HBO's Adult Swim section. Yeah, maybe I'm not searching deep enough, but um, it's very good. Um, there's uh, yeah, there's a sequence in there where they, there's uh, they they're doing a sketch and then they kind of break the fourth wall and it's like they do a text bubble thing and one of the uh, editors like, hey, like I really love what we're doing, but like I feel like as a show we're addressing whiteness more we're criticizing whiteness as opposed to celebrating blackness. And he's like, you know what? I agree with that. And then it cuts to, to black thought on a throne is black thought, black, black thoughts, black thoughts. And it's just like this weird, like free associative, like kind of weird sketch. And I was like, okay, beautiful chef's kiss. Like, <laughs> hell yeah. Like if I could have an unlimited HBO budget, this is the exact kind of shit I would be doing form wise, quality wise. And like message wise, like it's just, it's kind of like in everything I've always been looking for, but it's also, yeah, it's very challenging, and I'm looking forward to diving in. I've only seen two episodes, by the way. It's, the it's the like... IMDb description is really interesting. Late night series yeah. from artist Terrence Nance featuring a mix of verite documentary, musical performances, surrealist melodrama, and humorous animation as a stream of consciousness response to the contemporary American media landscape, or mediascape. That sounds fucking like a lot. <laughs> yeah, I I was watching it and I was honestly I was like, yo, Daniel would fucking love this. Alright, I'm gonna check it out. Yeah. Absolutely love the show. Also, yeah, there's a part where they do like a montage to just like police brutality and I was like like we're not having fun anymore, mm. but but I get it. I understand why we're taking the like this specific this detour in this in this form. Highly recommend. Random acts of flyness.
two seasons, HBO Max. If you don't have a password, slide to my DMs and I'll, I'll get you on there. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, any, anything else? Any, uh, anything? So. Did you have a choice for what we're watching oh, next? I do have a choice. Playing God. Um, my choice is, let me look up the year of this, because I think there <laughs> might be a few movies with this title. My choice is the 1994 comedy, sci-fi comedy, Junior, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Danny DeVito. Sweet. <laughs> I've never <Awesome>. seen it. <laughs> I just recently watched Twins for the first time. Okay, I've never seen that either. So. Yeah. Twins, I'm like on the fence about. Um, I'm I'm interested about Junior, but I'm curious to see if they take the same dynamic. It has uh, a but I won't. Thirty nine percent Rotten Tomatoes score, <laughs> four point seven on I, on IMDb. So looking forward to having a bat. Twenty two percent audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> oh boy. Hey, I take it with a grain of salt. Sometimes audiences aren't ready. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. critics aren't ready. You know, yeah. like I say, it's all about the impact of the year. Yeah, maybe they got this one wrong. Could have been like uh, the Heaven's Gate. Of... <laughs> so, yeah, sometimes the audiences aren't ready for it. Right. Can't blame them. Sometimes they sleep. That's just how it is. All right. Looking forward to Junior. All right. Well, this has been episode 123 of Vague Zone. Uh, if you'd like to contact us, you can email us vaguezonepod at gmail.com. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or theme suggestions, let us know. Tweet at us at Vaguezone on Twitter. We're sort of kind of on there. Mostly sort of still on there. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening. I'm Thomas. And I'm Daniel. We'll catch you on the next one. Have you seen the posters for Slice? Or Splice? <laughs> they're, they're like, so strange there's some that are like there's one that looks kind of Spielberg like then there's one where it's just like the penis monster head <laughs> and then there's some where they're tr- it's like trying to have this sexuality to it and... yeah it's like it's fucking strange so like it's strange. like everything about it is so strange <laughs> yeah I'm happy happy we chose it um yeah don't need to watch it anytime soon. <laughs>